Hey friends, welcome back. Today we're going to be continuing our two-part series about how to mark your sheet music for your audition cut. Last week we talked about what should be on the first page of your audition cut and the best practices for how to put your binder together. Today in part two, we're going to be talking about how to mark the internal cuts how to talk about tempo changes or musical changes that you want to make, and then also how to mark your endings. All right. So again, we're talking about this because we want you to have the most successful audition experience possible. And one of the best ways for you to do that is to create a clean, organized, informing piece of sheet music for your accompanist to use. Um, You want them to feel comfortable. You don't want any obstacles for them. And so you want to make it as easy and clean as you can. So that's it. That's what we're getting into today. Part two. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one woman show or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I wanna give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I wanna help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hey friends. All right, so as I mentioned last week, one of the scariest things about auditioning is that you walk in And you're handing this audition cut to somebody that you don't know who's at the piano and you're hoping that they play it at the right tempo, that has the right groove, that they stop at the moments that you want to stop, that they follow you and that they end really nicely and, and, and your whole thing goes off well. And it's terrifying because you don't know if they're going to do it the way that you do it. You don't know if they're going to read the rhythms and the notes right. You don't know what level of an accompanist they are. Most of them are amazing. I will just say, let's give pianists credit. Most of them are fantastic. But they're reading a zillion songs in a day when they're at auditions, right? So you want to make it as easy as possible for them to be successful. If you didn't listen to last week, go back and listen. There are six specific elements you need to have on the first page of your audition cut. You're going to go back and listen to that. And then also I talk about sort of the best practices for what kind of binder and whether to use sheet protectors, tape, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. But today we're talking about the inner cuts within your music, the tempo changes and endings. All right. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about how to mark the inner cuts. Now, a lot of us are starting in the middle of a song. Sometimes we just start at that middle point and we do 16 bars and it's done or 32 bars and then it's done. So really all you need to mark is your introduction and then an ending. Okay. Other times you're actually singing eight bars from this part of the song and then you want to jump to these other eight bars or jump to the ending. Right. And you need the accompanist to sort of track how they're moving from one page to another page. 
Now, in olden times, not in olden times, you can still do this. You can actually cut and paste the first eight bars, put them on a piece of white paper, and then cut and paste the next section and put that on a piece of white paper so that there's no extra music in between. That would be totally fine. And then you make a copy of that so it's a nice, clean copy that doesn't have tape all over it, right? Um, If you're not doing that, I get it. That's more intensive. You have to make more copies of your sheet music so that you can cut it up and all of that. It's fine. Here's what you need to do. If you're singing eight bars of this part of the song, and then you know the last bar where you're ending that section, you need to put a bracket on the bar line. So what I do is I extend the bar line up and I put a backwards bracket, which means don't play the next thing. Okay. And on my Instagram, I'm going to have to do like a little visual demo so that you can see this, but a bracket. So like at the top of the bar, like an angle to the left and at the bottom of the bar, an angle down to the left, if that makes sense. So it sort of says play everything up to this point. And then another industry standard that people use is they'll put a circle on that bar line right in the middle. Okay. And that is a visual that says this is a cut. Then go to whatever the next bar of music that you want played, and you're going to put a right-facing bracket. So you're going to extend a rightward, a rightward, a right-facing diagonal line at the top of the measure where you want it to begin, and then at the bottom of the measure, extend a downward to the right line. Okay, so that is making it a big bracket. And then again, put that circle that's right in the middle of the... um that has the measure line going right through the middle of the circle. And that shows me like, ooh, I'm back in right there. I also think it's helpful to cross out lightly in pencil measures that are in between that you don't want me to play because then I really visually see, eh, don't play that, okay? Some people don't like doing that because then you have to go back and erase your sheet music. I get that, but you could have multiple copies. You could have the copy that's just for the audition cut, and then you could have your full version that is nice and clean and doesn't have these markings, right? Um, So make sure that you use brackets at the end of the measure that you're done singing with and at the beginning of the measure that you're starting at. Please be aware that sometimes your lyrics will overlap, right? So the music, you might have a, a... the lyric that is sustaining, but you actually want the accompaniment to, to jump. All right. So don't go after your lyric or maybe your lyric has a lead in where you're going to actually has like, I don't know, and for and before the downbeat, but you want the music to start on the downbeat because that fl- is flush with the previous one. Make sure you talk to a an accompanist or a coach about your specifics. But so be careful about where your lyrics are. That's not necessarily the same as the measure of what you want the pianist to be playing. Okay. Like I said, cross out unused measures. And then additionally, some people like to highlight those brackets that they've created. Um, and that's fine, like in a yellow highlighter or something like that. I always appreciate it. You don't have to. I don't expect it. I don't do it when I'm creating cuts. I don't use a highlighter because I have a um, a well-ingrained fear of using ink on sheet music. 
Because <laughs> when you're in rehearsal in orchestras, like you never mark sheet music with a pen because things might change. So the idea of using a highlighter sort of gives me the willies. But again, you can have a different version of the sheet music that's totally clean. And then this can be just for the auditions, right? However, you won't be able to change it. It will always be highlighted in that way. And what's really annoying is when they're like, oh, don't look at the blue highlighter, look at the pink highlighter. Friends, don't do that to your accompanist, okay? All right, the other thing that you might wanna highlight or, or note about when you're cutting, in addition to the brackets, is that if you see a key change, if there's a key change that happens, you might also highlight that or circle it, okay? That's sort of just an extra bonus piece of information. Okay, the next thing you're going to want to mark in this internal part of your cut, right? Anytime there's a, a moment where you're changing the tempo, sometimes it's an actual tempo change written into the music. Um, I'm thinking of like the end of, oh, what's that song? Gimme Gimme from Thoroughly Modern Millie. There's all these feel changes, ba 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 I don't even know if that's one of them. <laughs> it's like these, these old-fashioned vaudeville kind of endings and, and it switches meters and all that. So you can circle those or highlight them, clarify what that moment is. And when you talk to them, clarify that moment. But there are other times where you might be adding in like a fermata. You're like, oh, I really want this note to be longer make sure you have that circled. Or if there's a caesura where you're stopping and you want the accompanist to follow you, also circle that caesura. I say caesura because that's the official term. You probably call them railroad tracks. Um, so make sure any tempo changes are clarified, circled. I would also include in this ritardandos and accelerandos. Those are written in usually already if it's the common practice of the song to do a retardando there, but it doesn't hurt to underline it or just at least talk about it when you interact with your accompanist. Though I guess this episode is all about how to actually physically mark your sheet music. So just do a little circle. Or if you're adding a retardando or an cello rondo, you need to clearly mark that. If you're adding a retard, just write R-I-T where you want it to begin. Okay. And then if you're retard on doing the last few words of a phrase, and then you want it to start back to be a strict tempo again, you have to write a ah, tempo and you, it's just the word a new word tempo. Um, it looks like it's English, but that's actually Italian for in tempo, a ah, tempo. Okay. Um, for an accelerando, you can write A-C-C-E-L dot where you want that tempo to start picking up. But what I write in more often than not is just an arrow facing to the right that means like move forward. You could also write the word move forward over the piano part. Um, oh, all of these things need to be written into the piano part. Oh, that's so important. Not just into your vocal part. Okay. Put them down in the two staves where the accompanists are going to be using most of their eyeballs, right? most of their eyeballs, where they're mostly going to be using their eyeballs. <laughs> That's a funny phrase. All right. So you can write in move forward, faster, accelerando, arrow, whatever you want, if you want the tempo to start increasing. Okay. All right. Third thing to note, let's see. First thing was how to mark your cuts. Second thing, mark your tempo changes. Third thing, let's talk about lyrics. 
Okay, sometimes you're singing a song that has a repeat in the beginning, like there's verse one and then it repeats back and it's verse two. Just put a little arrow, like which lyrics are you singing to the one or to the two so that we know how to follow you. You probably don't realize this, but most of the time I'm very much tracking what lyrics you're saying. So I know that I'm with you and I know um, the feeling of how I should be playing because I'm playing with your lyrics, if that makes sense, with the story that you're telling. So if you are singing lyrics that aren't on the page, oh, that throws me for a loop. If I mess something up or if we stop, I don't know how to find you again. That's how I find you, right? I'm not reading the melody and listening to you singing the melody. I'm listening to your lyrics. So let me know, are you singing verse one or verse two? Or sometimes you'll be singing a different part of the song, but you want lyrics from the first part of the song. Write in, if you are doing any sort of alternate lyrics, like white out the old ones and then write in the new ones again, because we use these to follow you. So, so, so important. All right. So mark your cuts, clarify your tempo changes, write in the right lyrics. And then the fourth thing, this is the last thing for today is clearly mark your ending. So, so many times Um, people will just put like an ending bracket or like a double bar line that looks like an ending or they'll just say end, but they won't, it'll just sort of, the music will trail off and it doesn't have an ending kind of vibe in the music because it's still a middle of the song, right? Like the music actually keeps going. So if you're stopping somewhere in the middle of the song, you need to end, put your bracket at the end of a bar. Don't put it just after your last word. So that's one thing. You need to make sure that the chords that are in that bar are correct. If not, you need to write in what you want the actual chord to be. Work with your coach on that, okay? You can work with me on that. Give me a buzz. Go to my website. Sign up for a coaching. We can work out all of your audition cuts, okay? Make sure that they flow well, that they're well marked. I'll help you with everything. Um, So make sure you have the proper chord. And then, like, do you want it to be just a whole note? Bum, and then they end when you stop, or do you want it to be a button? Bum, 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 bum. That last bump, you need to mark like a little quarter note where you want the button to be. Is the button on one, two, three, or beat four? Yeah. So you have to usually zhuzh a little bit. You got to create a little something if you're doing an ending in the middle of the song. Now, you may actually be using the end of your song. And that's pretty straightforward. If you're using the full actual ending, sweet. It's all written in how you want it to happen. Um, Sometimes you're doing a piece that might be like an older, like a timpan alley or a jazz song, and that the ending actually has a first and a second ending. You're going to want the second ending nine times out of 10, because the first ending has a chord progression that's turning you back around to repeat. Second ending has the ending kind of flavor and the final chord, which is usually the tonic chord or the do of the um, of the key. Just went super deep there for you guys with the, um, I almost said medical jargon, <laughs> with the musical jargon. I have no medical jargon other than what I've learned on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. So if you're using the end of the song, that's cool. If it's a first or second ending, make sure you clarify that it's the second ending. So yeah, you need to put a bracket at the bar before the first ending, cross out the first ending, and then put another bracket where the second ending begins. Got to do all that business. 
even if there's only one bar of that first ending, you got to do all that business so that they know to skip and play the second ending. Cool? All right. That's what I have for you today. A little bit shorter of an episode, but that's cool. Again, go back to the previous episode where we talk about what needs to be on the first page of your audition cut. So vital. There's so much information you can give the accompanist that just gives them a head start of knowing how to play your song. Okay. So, so important. I also talk about the binder and um, back-to-back pages or tape or, you know, it's never staples. That's never the answer. Sheet protectors can work, all of that. And I, I talk in detail about it in the previous episode. Go listen to that. And then also I wanted to share in episode 30, I talk about seven ways to create an intro like using the music that is already on, you know, in front of you that's written out so you don't have to try to write a new introduction. How can you create an introduction? Seven different ways. I walk you through all of that. And then I created a PDF of those seven ways that you can just print off of my website um, and pop it into your audition book so that when you're creating your audition cuts, you have those ideas right in front of you. Okay, so that's super helpful. Just go to koreyamaoka.com and go to the resources page, scroll down just a little bit, and you will see the seven ways to create an intro PDF. Okay. I hope you will find that helpful. All right. Other than that, y'all, I just wish that you are well and healthy and safe until next time. Go be a light in the world. Go help somebody else make their world better this week. Um, I love you. I will talk to you soon.